Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive escape from the twilight zone that is 2020. I am your host, Brett Hatfield, here with our intrepid engineer and co-host, Catfish Groves, and Corey Pratt of Craving Cars on YouTube. That's me. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in scenic, steamy Overland Park, Kansas. (laughs) Sweaty. Yeah, it's been a little little warm out. I think the setting today is... I think it's London Broil. Is that London <laughs> Broil we got? Yeah. It's Juicy. summer. Oh, man. It's warm. Our special guest in studio this week is Dr. Ken Yon, chair of the Department of History and Politics at McPherson College. That's me over here. That is you over there. <laughs> if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends. If there's something you'd like to hear more of, please tell us. Tell us. And as always, send pictures of your cars, your projects, uh, whatever it is you're working oh, yeah. on. Love seeing those. They're so cool. Send Absolutely. Your, send your pictures and stories to brett at readthedriven.com. We'll be sure to post those on our website. So, guys. <sighs> yeah. What have you been doing the last couple of weeks? What have you been doing with cars? Um, well, uh, I finally got to make it to an actual show. Wow. What? Oh, my goodness. Somebody had one? In yeah. person? The Crossroad Cars deal. Oh, oh, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So I got that. Got a, got a nice fresh video on that out, and I've actually been uh, shooting a video. I, I kind of finished it up last night. It still has a lot of edit to do, but of a history of my own car. So, you know, we're going to be talking about lots of really rare, classic, and exotic cars. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a history of a uh, tempo? Ford uh, tempo? Maybe no. Uh, Honda Accord. Close. I still like the Nissan. Nissan Ser. Nissan well, you want to know what my first car was? No. The eighty-one Toyota Tercel. That's Back up, everybody. Wow. Sexy. Whoa. Wait, 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 wait. I, Hold on. I got you beat. I got you beat. <laughs> and, and it was a, a two-for-one 78 Pontiac Grand Prix 301 with a two-barrel or 78 two-tone blue El Camino 305 with a cracked frame. No, man. You're I, right. I'm sorry You're right. to Tercel. Uh, to Tercel, because that's the only he, time that he can say, yeah, I was I was rolling on 13 inches. <laughs> Hey, I think it had 14s. Oh, wow. That's then again, that might have been what my Corolla had, though. Yeah, he's afterwards. he's throwing know. down now. But all 65 horsepower of that car was rad. <laughs> the only thing that shifted was the seat. <laughs> nice. How about you, Mr. Mark? You got anything good to report? Oh, car stuff, did not. I went on a vacation oh, that's with, right. my, uh, with my wife, went... Uh, uh, and this is this is the irony of this because we went to northern mid Arkansas and enjoyed the hills and the beautiful scenery. Isn't that where Mercury's go to die? That's where all the Mercuries are, except the freaking <laughs> time I go down there with plenty of time on my hands. And my wife was even willing. She's like, "Oh yeah, you know, you've been you've been looking at car porn for freaking ever. She's so why, why don't you just buy the damn thing?" And I'm like. Oh wow, that was a one look at this car. And she said, "Oh Jesus, God, just buy it." So uh, I I went down there and you know I did all my Facebook um, homework, 
And the people that were available were not available. They weren't replying to me. There was a uh, 65 uh, Mercury Newport that I really badly wanted to look at. And the guy in Kirbyville just ghosted me. And there, I, okay, there was one fellow that was willing to meet me uh, about two hours away from where we were uh, in Pea Ridge, Arkansas. Pea uh, Ridge? Yeah, I had a 62 I Chrysler Imperial. Spelled, I assume that's spelled. P-E-A. Yes. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was the famous battle of Pea Ridge where the north and the south were trying to see who could go the furthest. Uh-huh. Um, the, Keep going, you're running the QRS. It was awful. But uh, this guy, he was willing to meet me like, what was it, a Walmart parking lot. Bless his pea-picking heart, uh, if you'll forgive the pun. Yeehaw. But I, uh, <laughs> I, I looked at it, and he was asking, you know, almost ten grand for this thing and i'm just like what were we looking at again it was a 62 chrysler imperial now it only had like 45k on it and the pictures of course the pictures are all you know porn pictures so they all look pretty nice sure but i'm like you know what that's that's way beyond my budget and i think my wife would let me actually go up there because she's just sick of it yeah, <laughs> but no. So uh, what we ended up doing was just enjoying the heck out of being there and and hanging out well, together. Good. That's important and, too. Yeah, yeah. We, had, we well, had she has time. put up with you for twenty six years. Oh my god, yeah, twenty sixth anniversary, three years of sin, living in sin before that, and she's known for twenty nine years <laughs> that I wanted an old car. Yeah, and so uh, you know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I, I think. But you're thanks get, for asking. I think you're getting yeah. closer every day, man. Very now, cool. From what I saw, your truck is looking better. Truck's getting there. Uh, we're bringing her back uh, to life, so so to speak. Got a couple of new grills sitting out in the garage for her. Really? Upper and lower matching, going to be very pretty. Got the windows tinted. Just been doing a lot of cleaning and trying to... It was surprising when you rolled up in that thing last time I saw you, and it was clean. Mm-hmm. What a world of difference. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It well, did, it was it wasn't, water. No, wasn't it was quite so barn fresh. Yeah, or, <laughs> you mean it didn't look like I'd pulled it from out of a goat farm? Oh, dude, that, that thing looks so. Nice. My, even my dad would have gone, "Damn, that's a dirty truck." <laughs> so uh, well done. So if you're listening, Dad, that's what everybody thinks of your automotive practices. There you go. <laughs> well, we didn't say that aloud, uh-huh. did we? <laughs> well, cool. I was out of that conversation. Hey, this week we've got lots of good news. Yes. Which for everybody, if you've been watching any anything else, is going to be a nice switch. We've got details about the new Mustang Mach One, the Cadillac CT5 V Blackwing. They're calling cool. that one a Blackwing now. There's a it, yeah. The Cadillac's making stuff tough yeah. to understand. We've got the 2022 <laughs> Corvette Z06. Oof. The new Bronco is going to debut next month with a manual transmission. What, what? And we've got the reopening of the Peterson Automotive Museum. All ah. good news all the way around. In segment two, we'll spe- be speaking to Dr. Yon. Boy, I use that term loosely. Uh, and he's going to tell us about the <laughs> online webinar, webinar series he's teaching called Wheels of Change, How the Automobile Shaped Our Lives. Cool. Got a lot to cover this week, so let's get to it. The 2021 Ford Mustang Mach 1, it's back. All right, all right. Check this out. From Road and Track comes news of the new Ford, new Ford Mustang Mach 1. Uh, I, I dig the Mach 1s, dude. Yeah, uh, Especially the big, heavy, 
stupid. See, wonderful... this is where you and I split on that because I'm really a '69 Mach One guy. Well, yeah, with the... that's the sexy one. I like the one that's got dad ass. Well, you I mean, would. it's just it's totally dad bod Mustang. You and, would. And yeah, yeah. I Look, would. Looks a little like somebody made it for a Pinewood Derby car. Just took a block yes! and shaved away a little yes! bit. Yes, it, it looks that is it. It looks so fast and yet comfortable. <laughs> so anyway, the Mach One was originally launched for the 1969 model year, the one you like. Yes. Uh, setting 295 speed in endurance records. Ford is bringing it back for 2021, about time, uh, hoping to team the budget performance of the Mustang GT with the track capability of the Shelby GT350 and GT500. Mm. So this is kind of how they're they're making it all work. You're going to get a 480 horsepower, 420 pound foot uh, engine, with which is the carryover from the discontinued bullet. So you know they, they they don't have to retool an entire factory. Mach one gets an engine oil cooler from the GT350, a transmission oil cooler, dedicated brake cooling ducts, and a hmm. rear axle cooler from the GT500. Apparently on. Uh either the gt350 or the gt500 one of them, i think it was the 350 they had or maybe it was just the gt they were having complaints about the rear differential overheating on tr- track days oh track days so with the track application they're looking to do with this you know yeah. street and track they've added cooling to every stinking thing on the car well that's you know like the quarter mile that's from my though. house to high v <laughs> so <laughs> I'm totally down with that. Yeah, good on them. Uh, you're going to have stiffer sway bars, so it's not going to lean as much. Front springs, stiffer. Uh, Michelin Pilot Sport 4S tires are coming standard. So this is all Very, straight up on it. Serious rubber nice on that. sticky rubber on yes. there. The manual from the GT350, rather than the less crisp gearbox found in lesser Mustangs, and you got a 10-speed automatic that's also available. Son of a bitch. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the manual in the GT350 is a very nice manual. Well, yeah. I want, yeah, I want one that goes up to 11. Yeah, <laughs> and I think they're almost there. Uh, the Mach 1 has 22% more downforce, so it's going to glue you to the roar, uh, road a little bit better. It's got an optional handling package with a GT500 rear wing uh, that jumps uh, downforce to 150% over the standard GT. And the handling package, it would get wider, more aggressive Michelin Pilot Sport Cup 2S. You may as well be sticking Gorilla Tape. <laughs> I know, right? Around your wheels. Oh, oh God. And you know, and some I, rubber cement. The one thing that I do slam Mustangs for, because I, I do think overall, pretty sexy. Even the, the new ones, I step back from myself and go, oh, yeah. you know what? Pretty sexy. Um, I'm really curious, and it's not anywhere that in the uh, uh, the things I was looking through, whether or not they will have that finely tuned ported sound, their oh. their fakey McFake Mustang sound. No, it's not fake. They just oh, spend it's so the, fake. It's they just fake. they played it and go, okay, how do I make it sound like an old one? Screw it doesn't you. matter. It doesn't make matter. It sound like Nobody itself. who buys any one of these is going to leave the stock just, mufflers on them anyway. Just be real. If you're going to moan, moan for real. No, they're so, going to. They're going to chop those mufflers off. That thing's going to have MagnaFlows on it before the weekend's out. Now, that that I dig. That, that <laughs> I like that idea. So anyway, pricing has not been announced yet, but the Mustang Bullet retailed for forty six seven. Shelby GT350 starts at fifty nine, uh, roughly fifty nine k. So you know you're going to be in that neighborhood, and expect it to fall in that range closer to the Bullet end. Deliveries begin in the spring of twenty twenty one. Oh, so daddy like. Yes. I like All it. All right. Good deal. Well, um, I'm going to really like the next one, and I have a feeling so is Brett's. Guess what? The Cadillac isn't quite dead in the performance aisle as we thought. No, no, no. Who knew? 
No, but however, the Cadillac CT5V Blackwing. Now, don't mistake in this. Uh, they're they're changing the whole meaning of what Blackwing really means now. Okay, I'm going to be the idiot in the in the room. All right. Why Blackwing? Okay. What they did the CT6V. Okay. Uh, for 19 and 20, and they had that 4.2 liter Blackwing V8. Okay. It was, it was a completely a, was an separate engine, right? engine from anything else that GM does. Hand built, came out of the same fact, came out of the Bowling Green Corvette factory. Oh, they wow. only had six people building these engines. Build them entirely killed them all. by hand. <laughs> it was a 4.2 liter. They spent $16 million developing the engine. Yep. 4.2 liter with twin turbos in the v oh damn okay 550 Mm -hmm. horse getting over 130 horse per liter out of this thing they built 800 of them so each engine if you do the math cost them twenty thousand dollars oh my god and then they discontinued it but that will get you to the golf club so fast oh yeah oh Oh, my god yeah you'll be at the first green within just so they discontinued it and now what Corey was about to tell you before I jumped in and, and then I was real rude. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the is, explanation is, is is well worth it. Is that now they're going to call their whole Cadillac is going to call all of their high performance cars black wings. But why so did they coin right. the term black wing in the first place? I mean, it was the point. Well, they, of that? They, they, well, it comes from the Cadillac emblem. If you look on it, it's really, uh, but, oh, seriously, yeah. But they discontinued that engine. They're not building it anymore. They're now calling all but of their Cadillac the high performance stuff yeah. Blackwing, right. except they're going to stick. They're going to stick a 650 horsepower, 6.2 <laughs> liter supercharge. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I'm not missing the Blackwing engine quite yet. No, uh, no, you're going to get another 100 horsepower. Out uh, of it. No. Every dude my and age is going to be able to use the bathroom. Of now. course, you'll have that, mm-hmm. that that available 10 speed automatic, which is actually a very nice automatic for that. Or one that goes six to 11 speed <laughs> manual. Six you're speed close. manual, baby. Bam! High five. That's right. Another one to add to that list that we talked about before. So uh, that's very awesome. So the Blackwing should arrive later this year uh, for 2021 models at around $85,000. So uh, how many are you going to get? Uh, I'm going to wait three years until they're half price, and then I'll buy one. <laughs> what if go. they don't go half price? Uh, oh, they will. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. Cadillac hopes to uh, hopes that the CT5V Blackwing will make a name for itself, competing against models like the AMG E63S, the BMW M5, the Audi RS6 and RS7, and uh, not to mention there's a few other little competitors in there like the uh, Alfa uh, Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio, the Porsche Panamera Turbo S, or the uh, Charger SRT Hellcat, for instance. But guess that what? That seemed kind of weird that they threw the Hellcat in there, too. I think it's just because the horsepower thing is probably the only thing. But here's, the, here's the thing about L- that. Listen to this, though. This is the, th- Here, the here's killer. The, here's the real kicker. It's the only one that's going to have it. An the, option for a manual transmission. It's the only uh, car only in that one class of all of that those. will have a manual transmission. That's right. It's not the end of the world, but we can see it from here. So, That's kind of cool. Six hundred fifty horse, and you know, and in, in a butt bucket. Yes. Because you know that car is just going to wrap itself around you mm-hmm. like velvet. And then and to have a manual. I hope to find if out if it's anything like the V Cadillacs in the in the past. The seats are some of the best ones I've ever been in. Well, you know, just like the seats out of the GTO and the Corvette, they're just fantastic they really all the are. way around. They really are. I'll do it. Speaking of Corvette, the 2022 Z06 will so supposedly this is what we're being told so far offer active aero and carbon fiber wheels. The 2020 Corvette Z06 reportedly 
Oh, this is from the drive, by the oh, way. Kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Reportedly, we'll have performance packages hailing from the realm of real hypercars. Uh, they're going to have better brakes and bigger brakes for better heat dissipation. Uh, optional carbon fiber wheels available. Jeez, I can't even believe this when I read it. The wheels will be wrapped in Michelin Pilot Cups uh, Sport Cup 2 summer tires. 275-30R20s up front. 345 25 <laughs> wow. r21s in the rear that's bigger <laughs> than the i think the article said it was bigger than the tires that are on the porsche uh gt2 the gt2 rs i believe are 335s so yes yeah and i think they're on tw- well they're on 21 or 22 inch wheels so they're gonna Just... have slimmer tires in the front fatter ones in the back uh-huh. 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 yeah but because the, the wheels and tires are so much bigger gm was forced to widen the z06's fenders adding a little bit of drag, but the drag may be partially offset by optional active aerodynamics. Z06's presumed power plant is going to be the 5.5 liter naturally aspirated LT6 V8. Naturally. Dual overhead cams, flat plane crank. Mm, there it is. 9,000 oh, RPM is. red line, baby. Oh, it's, my God. That's going to scream. It's <laughs> going to sound amazing. They're talking about uh, around 600 horsepower. If you will remember when the C8 came out a little earlier this year, it was only 495 horse and did a 2.80 to 60 standing quarter and 11.2 at 122. This is going to be faster. Don't you love that nowadays we say say only 495 horse? Isn't that amazing? We're spoiled, Rob. That we can just say that right out loud without even blinking. Well, I say only 495 in the face of possibly 600 or more horsepower coming in the Z06. God love you. GM engineers are reportedly pushing for a rear-end redesign to accommodate center exit exhaust. Now, those fat Super tires cool. in the back, slimmer ones in the front, that is right up my alley. Only thing that would make this car better is if they were on crackers. I'm just saying, I'm going to put that out there and let it shine. I'm pretty much sure that you're not going to be able to get them to do that in favor of the... <laughs> Son of a bitch. Especially made ones. Yeah. I never win. Carbon fiber. <laughs> I, I, but the the newer the new front tires are even wider than the ones that are on the car now. This thing is going to have some oh sexy God. curves on it. Oh, baby. Curves yeah. and speed. Gotta well, love the it. The funny thing is to go back to that 495 horsepower. Just 10 years ago, the, the 911 Turbo didn't even have that much power. I know. It's, it's just, I, I love it so much. It's so ridiculous. So much happy. Yeah. So much happy. Well, uh, what uh, Road and Track has to say here about the old 2021 Ford Bronco that will soon uh, debut, and not only that, with a manual gearbox. Yes. Very cool, but we were talking before we got started, and I think, the article didn't say so, but I think you're right. This is that the baby Bronco. This, this is, is the Bronco yeah. Sport. Yeah. Not the I big boy so. that I'm still waiting to see. I really, really hope they're just making it on a Raptor platform, but I doubt that's going to be the case. Probably not. But uh, I would have to say it almost feels like to me that this Bronco, the Sport, is probably on the uh, Ranger chassis. Yeah. And that just short, surprise, obviously. That wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah, especially since they are going to be uh, likely sharing the 2.3 liter EcoBoost, um, which really is not a... It's not really a bad engine. It really is. There's decent power for a small vehicle with that. I know it's not. And if you take that 2.3 EcoBoost and compare it to, I don't know, pony cars from the 80s, 
It would embarrass <laughs> it really Camaros it, 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 and I, show up your little four cylinder Bronco Camaros and, your, and, and Mustang GTs. And, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and we're whining about it being a four cylinder. Does so, it yeah. only have around four hundred ninety horse? <laughs> yes, as, as a matter of fact, <laughs> it does not. <laughs> I believe it's just shy of what three hundred, and then a little over three hundred in torque. Yeah, but for a little four banger, oh. that's not bad. Plenty okay, healthy, plenty really healthy, and EcoBoost, so you can put your E eighty five in it, right? Yeah, something. I bet there's some. Uh, there's many tuning options for that. I mean, there was for uh, for the other 2.3 EcoBoost well, cars. Isn't that kind of a derivative of what the uh, Focus ST and our... Of uh, the our, RS, yeah. The RS have. The RS, and, and it's also the same one, the EcoBoost, that was in the Mustang, or that's and, in the Mustang. And those are both plenty healthy. Yeah, I mean, the Mustang so, one's stock with 310, the and RS this thing has 350. Comes with a, this comes with a manual gearbox. Yes. Freaking cool. So Fastlane Car on YouTube managed to obtain a collection of Bronco spy shots. Ooh. Way to go, Fastlane Ooh, car. Good guys. Yeah, basically, kind of giving a look at the interior and, and the mechanics of the whole thing. Oh, so they got the, what, like the shift knob, or so they were able to see the interior and see the manual shifter in there. But basically, the pattern markings indicate a uh, six forward gears, so and a reverse gear. So and it, there you go, and 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 a low range crawling gear. So this actually might actually be a proper four wheel drive off roader. Cool, like they're saying it should be. But Very cool. uh, pictures of the engine bay, you know, like I said. Shows that 2.3 liter. A couple of uh, underside shots show off the car's front independent suspension. So oh, that's so it actually cool. would be able to go crawl. Yeah, look, uh, and have uh, good articulation there. But uh, in a few weeks, we'll uh, we'll know some more details. Cool. Very nice. Uh, you don't have to wait a few weeks to get into the Peterson Automotive Museum. Uh, Friday, June 19th, Peterson Automotive. So it should be, by the time you hear this, it's probably yeah, already open. Um to the public, they'll have the health and safety guidelines set forth by the CDC, State of California, Los Angeles County, and and anybody who and the dog catcher, and yeah, I know, right? something they found in a Cracker Jack box. And... <laughs> but uh, open hours will be adjusted to 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday through Sunday. Tickets must be pre-purchased from the museum website. That is now, important. On Road Muscle Radio, we talked a little bit about um, the local Kansas City Automotive Museum, yeah. and they're doing mm-hmm. a lot of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, where you get your tickets online, you go to the website, and you basically kind of set up the time that you're c- going to come do your tour. With everything that's going on, an abundance of safety is not out of line. You know, I, I have no, no problem. I'll really be honest, isn't. I have no problem wearing my little mask that's uh, when I go out. Cause, and I'm not doing it to keep your germs off me. I'm keep doing it to keep mine off you. And plus, it really does help me do breath checks. I've reverted to full Halloween mask. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I'm just wearing a Wolfman mask everywhere. And it's surprising. Oh, I do that with the Vader it, mask. It's surprising. People leave me the hell alone. Yeah. <laughs> we call that Tuesday here. <laughs> but you don't, you don't need to be wearing it in the studio. <laughs> but it looks good on you. <laughs> I shaved for you. You shut up. You shut up. <laughs> no, uh, you're going to have to, like I was just talking about, you're going to have to wear face coverings in there, and the interactive exhibits will remain closed. Social distancing guidelines of at least six feet will be enforced, but the cool thing is you don't have to stay six feet from all the cars. That's cool. That's what's really important. Screw the people. I'm <laughs> to see the vehicles. <laughs> Speaking of social distancing guideline, anybody but me here has seen the picture of the three ATMs where they had the, the spots oh marked God, out. Yeah, but they're you're side six by feet side. from the machine, but you're two feet from the guy next to you. Yeah, that's a, that's a little oopsie <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, it's broken. That's a bad parking. <laughs> Whoops. Um, now, they do still have some of the blockbuster exhibits, and I love these things. Uh, Hollywood Dream Machines, Vehicles of Science Fiction and Fantasy. That very, was cool. Very uh, fun. I want to see that. Reclaimed Rust, the James Hetfield collection. That guy has startling hot rods. Yeah. I uh, and I, I bet the music playing in the background is awesome. <laughs> and, and building an electric future presented by Volkswagen. Uh, Volts. 
Volkswagen. Do you like uh, that? Do you see what I did there? Did I have to point it out to German? Her? He can say it. it. Volt, Volts. Volkswagen. Thank you. Uh, have been extended for Bless guests who have not yet had a chance to see them. <laughs> and if you need more information about it, because uh, if you go there, do check it out before you go. Uh, visit Peterson.org. That's P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N. Yes, or, uh, we've talked to some people before on the show. Um, what was the name of the guy that was oh, uh, wait, wait. went down and cleaned the cars? I'm and... trying to Casey Maxim. Yes, Casey Maxim uh, did an internship there. God, after the show, we just pounded him to tell us about cars that were in there because <laughs> what an amazing collection! So do go see. Absolutely is. Our special guest this week, you've heard his voice on mic a few times already, Dr. Ken Yon, professor and chair of Department of History and Politics at McPherson College. Ken's here to tell us about a webinar series he's teaching uh, this summer. I've already signed up to take every one of these, so <laughs> wonderful. There you go. Ken is the professor and chair of the Department of uh, History and Politics at McPherson College. For the past 30 years, 30, my God, you're old. 30? Holy. I haven't been chair for 30 years. Hey, can I, I give you a compliment? compliment? I've been teaching universities. He's, for the past 30 years, he's taught about philosophy, geography, political science, and automobiles. You've traveled all over the world, taught cars. It's easy for me to say, Mark, that one. Uh, Taught courses on cars and castles in Europe, hiked in the Japanese Alps, the Andes, the Polish Carpathians. That sounds like a... a Japanese Alps? That sounds like something hard to say five times real fast. Spent three years at a university in Tokyo teaching. Oh, super cool. Yeah, he didn't stand out at all as six foot two redhead in Japan. (laughs) No, he's all good. Yeah, Tokyo. Oh, why would great. that stand out? <laughs> How do you say giant? Car culture is really interesting in Tokyo. Oh, oh, cool. I can imagine. Oh, yeah. to talk about that. Yeah. That's what Brett's favorite movies from Tokyo in, in the car world. Tokyo Drift. That's yeah. right. Yeah, uh, Brett talks about it all the time. I'd rather have my head put in a hydraulic press. Uh, anyway, he's hiked the Japanese Alps, the Andes, the Polish Carpathians, the Black Forest, and the Swiss Alps, and served as a visiting professor at some of the top schools in France and Asia. And wow. made them pay you in unusual ways, like bicycles. I was paid a bicycle once for a lecture series. I yeah, did. I know. It's hanging in my garage. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it was a nice bike. <laughs> Outside the classroom, Ken has a love for restoring and building vintage racing and touring bicycles. He's an avid online gamer and amateur gourmet. And he's teaching a webinar series this summer called Wheels of Change, How the Automobile Shaped Our Lives. He is my great friend, my co-conspirator, road trip buddy, astonishing raconteur, and possibly the world's oldest living juvenile delinquent, Ken. Hey, it's about time you're on the damn show. I'm glad to be here. Thank Welcome, you. Ken. Uh, yeah. My God, you really let your hair go, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it was a protest thing, so I decided... What, you're protesting barbers? I decided two years ago I was going to just stop cutting it. And you sure did, and look at that. That's that's amazing. You finally embraced your inner dude. Well, everybody tells dude. me I look on the outside more like I look on the inside now. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to start taking up a collection to get you some of... Uh, uh, Jeff Bridges closet throwaways <laughs> and embracing the inner dude. Gonna get you going a, on his sweaters yeah. and his uh, pants some, uh, and the jellies. To, there's some cup holders over there for I you. I had to reassure my barber that I wasn't cheating on her. So <laughs> I, I feel no. like I wussed out because I I had the COVID nineteen hairdo going. I decided to let it grow out like about a month before COVID nineteen hit and everybody socially distanced and at work they said you can go home, don't come back, close down all the barbers. And, you know, I was starting to look kind of like uh, I belonged on my own uh, island with my own little soccer ball to talk to uh, before just this past weekend I got my hair cut. Well, here's the upside. Your hair's the same length it's always been. It's just before it was on the inside. If you want to be there, you want to get there, you can get there. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, so, you've been locked up in your house for a while. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just having a great summer. How many bicycles did you build during quarantine? Well, one serious <laughs> restoration, one major over, overhaul, and one tune-up. So that's kind of it. The interesting one that I did the complete restoration was a 1984 British racing bike. Reynolds uh, 531 steel and Campagnolo components for those that are into bicycles. And for me, it's kind of a an act of slow love. You know, if you give him an open door, he will geek out on you. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the really damning question. How many bikes do you own right now? And are you out of room yet? I don't know if you know this, but I believe that in PGA rules, you can have up to 14 clubs in your golf bag. <laughs> and if you saw somebody with 14 golf plug, uh, clubs, I don't think you'd think they were hoarding or collecting golf clubs. Uh-huh. How many golf clubs do you have now? Well, let's just say I, I don't care for golf. <laughs> <laughs> so there goes those rules. So there goes those rules. <laughs> So you have a couple of bikes, I take it. I have a few bikes. Yeah, it's not it a real lot. It's Actually, I go through them because um, I meet someone, a friend who needs a bike, and I see something, I keep an eye open for them, and cool. I, I restore them and rebuild them, and then he move on. He looks like a really, really picky hoarder. Okay, yeah. uh, here's an actual <laughs> legit question, because usually I just ask stupid stuff no, no, and, sit no, back no, and, laugh, nonsense, and laugh at my own jokes. Um, when storing a bicycle, especially one that's kind of a decent one, um, what, is the, what is the best way to store it? Because you see so many gadgets at Home Depot and at Lowe's for, hey, you can hoist your bike up this way, or you can hang it from a tire, you can do this, that. Do you need to take the wheels off? Do you, what's the best way to the store only, it? The only thing that really matters is to keep moderate pressure in the tires. Because if the tires go flat and the rims rest on it, you get rubber rot. But, you know, most people, of course, they think that the rubber is a sign of the health of the tire. But as you know, it's actually the fibers inside. Oh, wow. So you can have, uh, yeah, the rubber casing doesn't provide the strength. Uh, some of it's grip, and but some of it's cosmetic. So do you keep, do you keep a trickle charger on it? Uh, <laughs> nope. But uh, I check them periodically because uh, most of my bikes have kind of high-end leather saddles on them. Oh. And I want to make sure that uh, the humidity's right and that they're not molding. Uh, dust him once in a while and check the. I told you if you let him go, dude. Just, now I'm all nervous because I haven't checked that bike seat in five years. Yeah, well, I, I have no idea what it's doing. Haven't well, checked mine most either. Modern long. bike seats are polymers. I'm uh, so I, I use a British, mostly Brooks saddles. So you call me a cheap types. bastard. I like that. No, it's a. It's a <laughs> I respect that. Hey, if, no, it's if just the sporty. <laughs> I couldn't even remember Shimano. It was right. All right. Yeah. Very good. Well, th okay, yeah. that's cool. To All know. right. For years, you've taught the history component of the automotive restoration program at McPherson. Uh, how has that changed over your tenure? Well, um, I guess the one of the main ways it's changed is that it's expanded in content. Um, it's about a third larger um, in content in the amount of ground we cover and credits that's delivered directly through history. But I think even more... Um, significant is the way that history teaching has been kind of diversified and spread across a curriculum. So that just as a, a real quick example, um, if you're in a paint studying automotive paint, you're going to be studying early lacquers. And what, when you're studying the early lacquers, you're going to learn not only how they made them, but the reasons they made them the way they did. Sure. And as as technology progresses. Uh, as supplies change, the paint changes. You know the the uh, additions of carbon black, for example, and developments. And so the paint class actually is a 
a history class because in order to be really good at understanding the paint on a car, you have to understand the context within those paint decisions are made so that you can make the right paint decision if you want any, if you want to understand the exact right paint decision for your car. And that goes to the metallurgy, it goes to the upholstery, it goes to the woodworking. And so when our students roll through their, in what some people refer to as a technical class, you know, something that's more mechanical or electrical, there's actually a, an embedded in it within a history component. So a lot of our students get this tremendously broad introduction to study of history. I had a really interesting conversation last year at Monterey with Dave Kenny and a, another, amazing man, funny an, man. I love Dave. Yeah. And another lady whose name escapes me right now, but they that's were, kind of a long name, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> tough to get escapes on. Escapes me right now. They call her Essie. Yeah. Is that miss or miss? Uh, and they were talking about early metallic paints and how they put fish scales in them. And in, order to accurately replicate the paint you had to find the fish from a specific <laughs> part of spain that's right in order to get the scale reflectivity just right yeah and beetle beetle uh, shells were also parts yeah. of many types of lacquers and and wow. it's very complex to, yeah. because no it has to have the right shimmer and the right you know, as you know paint uh, behaves differently in different lights and so you can get it exactly you can mimic it you get close to it in one light, but the, you change the environment of the light, and it it's completely wrong. The the lady was European. Man, I just cannot think of her name right now. I'll, I'll, as soon as we're done with the show. Oh, I, I think I know who you're talking about because I met her at the Historic Vehicle Association yeah, 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 yeah. last and, year. And she was saying that the, the fish in one part of Spain, that it was the same type of fish, but the scales just they, they weren't right and you had to go back to the original part of spain and get the fish scales from those fish in order to make the paint look accurate well she actually illustrates something really interesting about the study of the automobile because she originally started out as an art conservator ah. and then she developed high-tech uh, uh, ways of preserving and repairing oil paintings using microscopic analysis and then of course the application of that in the the vintage car industry is is phenomenal because you want to do in-depth analysis of the origins of the paint it was a really fascinating conversation yeah. it was just cool to be sitting there and listening to it all right so what was your inspiration for this webinar you're doing, Wheels of Change? Um, my inspiration is a phone call, uh, the way a lot of great things happen at our college, a phone call from Amanda Gutierrez. Yes. Oh, and, yes. Uh, and Amanda uh, said she had this idea. And I have a general rule of thumb. If Amanda has an idea, I listen really closely because she is, uh, she's brilliant. And so she kind of outlined the idea. And um, and we began developing all kinds of ideas and ways it could play out. And it's actually a three-month process to try and form it up and make it shape up the way that it is now. That is wild. I and I, I'm still stuck on the fish. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's, I'm, it's, it's, you know, I, I I did a lot of spray painting of models when I was a kid. So did I, I. I was able to work in mosquitoes and occasionally a housefly. But good God, <laughs> there's a Van Gogh that has a fly in it. I wouldn't be surprised. It, it landed on there. He painted over it. Just the flies here. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, uh, to really get down to the bug and which region it came from to get the right Jeebus Chrysler. 
But, yes. uh, but if you're if That's you're doing, amazing. If you're doing something like Amelia Island, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, then, yeah. And, and this applies to everything. This is this is the you know the the weave of the textile on the seat cover. This has to do with the grains of the woods. This has to do uh, with so many. I, my personal restoration world. I'm redoing a 1974 British racing bicycle right now. And it has the original handlebar tape. I wanted to replace it. And I probably spent 30 or 40 hours looking, trying to find the handlebar tape with the exact same embossed pattern on it. What, and was I, it made from like special British possums or nope, something? Or it was, it's a cheap plastic tape, but it's impossible to find. I, I find a, a bike shop that went out of business. They were selling inventory. New old stock. And, oh, my yeah, God. I got new yeah, old stock. Exactly. But you have to do that. If you, it, and actually, you don't have to do that to a car. But there's a lot of people who want to. And if you want to, you want that capability. That's McPherson College for you. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. Uh, Wheels of Change is a six-part webinar series. Uh, How did you put this together? You landed some really big names from the collector car world. How did you get everybody on board? Just walk us through everything you did. Okay, well, the first thing to understand i think about this is that for this series what we're really trying to do is um, provide a series that's going to be both um, interesting and fascinating for people who are are real car enthusiasts and people who are not because um, when we teach social history of the automobile what we're 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 trying to connect the dots between the automobile and the way we live Mm -hmm. and and you've heard me say this again and again that um, the the fundamental feature and and arguably arguably the most significant technology in the history of civilization is the automobile. If you were to measure it in a bunch of different ways, for example, the number of jobs within the society that are related to it. Or I was just musing about this the other day, and I thought, well, you know, what are what are considered the first great inventions of humanity? And they'd be the wheel, right? <laughs> Fire, beer, the lever. Uh-huh. Right? Wheel, fire, lever. Whiskey. An automobile is wheel, fire, and leather. Oh, uh, levers. That's what it is. Nice. It's, yeah. it's levers and, and force. And it's all combined in one thing that becomes the prosthetic device that changes every way of who you relate to. But okay. at any rate, this class is about that. Well, and one of the things we were talking about the other day is you said there was not really uh, a a group called teenagers. There wasn't a. There's a, there's an argument made, and the, and the, we're going to explore this that the teenager did not exist until the automobile happened. There there were there were people who were 13 to 19 years old, but we have a very special connotation. If I say teenager, it evokes all kinds of things aside from the age 13, 17, 19, the number of candles on your cake. And so it was, um, in many ways, it was the special autonomy that was given to individuals to define their own way they spent time together and with whom they spent time together that created youth culture. It didn't exist. And if you think of most most of the population being rural, and if you think of what it means to hitch up a horse and to have to you know, get together with someone. If you think about the diversity of your human experience, that the teenage life, which gave access to music, it gave access to all kinds of, you know, all kinds of things. Again, with a beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what I, I... But at any rate, point so... Made. <laughs> so, um, and the point of this series is to talk about cars, but 
talk about cars in a context that helps you understand what's going on around you. You know, it, it helps us understand, um, f- for example, our first episode is about road trips. It's called Four Epic Road Trips That Upended the World. And so we're going to talk about Bertha Benz, who takes off in the late 1880s with, uh, she leaves, Carl Benz is her husband. She's got the motor wagon sitting out in the garage, and not a lot of people are interested in it. She leaves a note on his dresser and says, hey, I'm going to mom's house. And she takes off. He doesn't know she's in the car. And she goes off on this epic road trip across Germany. And <laughs> the beauty of this story, and, and here's how this series really works, is because I saw all your eyes light up when I said the word road trip. Yeah. <laughs> all you have to do is say the road, word road trip and your pulse quickens and your pupils dilate because it's a fundamental human experience. And it always has been, you know, whether it was uh, Cervantes writing about Don Quixote or whether it's the, the pilgrims off, you know, going across the ocean. That was a hell of a road trip. <laughs> and everybody's got a road trip because road trips are eternal. Yeah, well, I've got a real particular road trip in mind when you're involved. So, yeah, watching Luke almost burn up and that... That craptastic Bradley GT as we're driving across Indiana. That was an epic road trip. And so the question, part of the questions we can ask by looking at the past, we can ask the question, exactly what is an epic road trip? That was. What are the, ah, but how do you know? Well, let's see. What are the, what are the key it's the elements? stories you one get of afterwards. Us, one of us almost died repeatedly. What is the platonic form for a road trip? It, what is and the platonic from, form for a yeah, road trip? And that all other road trips were brought from. That's yeah. too funny. Because because part of the, <laughs> one of the deepest considerations of the study of history is that history is not repeating itself, but the human spirit has this common denominator that we share with everybody. And by hopefully by studying this, it doesn't just teach you about cars. It doesn't just teach you about the world, but it also tells you a little bit about how you tick. Well, you've got, yeah. you've got great guests in the series, too. You've got Kyle Smith, who's the associate editor for Haggerty Drivers Club magazine. Uh, you got Bob Casey, who's a, re- a retired curator of transportation from and the Henry Ford amazing. Museum. amazing. That man is amazing. Uh, you've got Abby Paulson, Tabitha Hammer, Casey Maxson, uh, Donald Osborne. Incredible C- people. Who uh, also writes for Sports Car Market Magazine. So uh, they and- are. Okay, well, here's the thing, is that... Um, I can I provide a very special perspective of the connecting the dots between the big themes, and I provide the frameworks. Um, but these experts have very particular knowledge that can really add depth to the narrative. So I kick off with a kind of presentation of information, and then they provide insight and inspiration, and then we open it up to the, the participants in the program, and then we have a roundtable, and we just exchange ideas on these things. And, and so they... Um, have been chosen for each episode because of their particular experiences and expertise and what they can contribute to just, you know, just make it such a more powerful. And all of this startling knowledge costs how much? Um, this is all volunteers. So it's all volunteers. For the people who want to watch and learn? Yeah, for people who want to participate on, on the far end? It's free. Oh my God! It's a free webinar. Absolutely free. Okay. I, and I got to tell you, this is sold. This, I, this is so. This Bing. is so special because this. The vision of this was that we know there are a lot of people this summer who are feeling isolated. Yeah. And we know there's a lot of people this summer who feel like they would like to connect. 
And we know a lot of people, and the story of the automobile, by the way, is the story of human connection. That's the number one thing that people use it for, is human connection. And so we thought we could put something out here that would reach a really broad audience, that could engage all kinds of people, that could open doors for them. And so it's not a profit center. There's no money made off of this. In fact, it's a loss because we're just spending money to do this. But we think it's something that the the people really, and by the way, the response has been absolutely spectacular. Oh, sure. So many people are excited and interested in it. And 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 that really, you know, that really scares me because <laughs> because I have to step up the bat. I have to, I have to shine here, you know? Okay, and, well, uh, then here's the good stuff. What was your first car? Okay. First car, um, my first cars I drove were the family car, but the first car that was my car was the beat up um, skeletal remains of my brother's college roommates. <laughs> okay, before Ex-friend. I drove friends, yeah. I, I, I want to, I want this diagram. Before I tell you what car this was, I will tell you what everybody called it. Any Doctor Who fans here? Science fiction series. Oh yeah, I this car was such a car that every time you hit a bump, something would fly off, <laughs> and so it was constantly dematerializing. And so everybody around me called it the TARDIS, the Tardis. from the Doctor Who. Very nice. But this car, this car was a 240Z ooh. from the just a second. It's even more ooh. Serial number zero 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 four seven. Good Lord. 47th one. Wow. Dog. It was in November. I bet it you wish you still had that. I, and because one of the other questions that you want to ask me is, what car do I wish I had sold? Boom. Boom. Nailed it. There it is. Wow. Two and for that, one. And that was such an amazing car. Was that the one that I, I saw? Like it was such a... No, that was a different, that was a different Datsun. The one okay, you saw. I had another used, Datsun. He used to have the studliest orange 240z i had it that two, had a great deep chin spoiler on it uh, and it was i had a so 72 cool. 72z with um, complete ground effects and air package it had an 80zx engine with a close ratio Ooh. five speed um air suspension and performance shocks electronic ignition six into one powder coated headers Oh man, that was a great chunk of steel. I'm a big fan of classic Dotsons. And as a matter of fact, you know, I love those big fat American stupid classics. But I, uh, one of my guilty closet pleasures, uh, a B210 hatchback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd own one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, you know, it'd be like driving my my mini bike down the street. But I, I, (laughs) as God is my witness, if nobody else saw me, I'd be in it. But I love that car. Oh yeah, those were were great cars. I bet you would. Yeah. Now this this is the best question. It's the one that I ask everybody we have on because (laughs) it's the one that always gets the best answer. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? And I can think of a few. (laughs) Because <laughs> I've been present for some of them. Let's okay. hope it. it let's hope it uh, ties in with a road trip. Pick one. <laughs> oh, actually, it is a road trip. Uh, hey, okay. Nailed it. It is no. a road trip, and it ties into the 240Z. Ooh, because cool. my buddy Tim Buck and I, we got this thing. All of a sudden, this is an idea. It's like we ought to be storm chasers. Oh, it's a 240Z. I know it's way, way You're low. You're riding around the... in an aluminum can. That's <laughs> the type of crap that the tornado throws just to kind of warm up. Okay, oh, from a distance God. even, <laughs> but because it don't weigh nothing. And you have to think of the technology we have in there. Was this is uh, this, a CB? This was yeah. a six pack. That takes up half the cars. The CB, I think, no CD, no CB, no cell phones. Oh, oh my God! It had oh, an yeah. AM/FM radio in it. 
And oh, so when the FM, you're rocking it. When the big T storms were rolling across northern Illinois, you know, the big <laughs> thunderheads and the lightning, it's easiest at night because you could see the lightning. Right. Yeah. You know, and so we'd turn on the radio and we'd get the emergency oh, alerts. Better. And we would just get in that and we would get out the map and we'd go barreling for it. You know, and I remember I had real okay, just like an, I had a really nice set of rally lights on the bottom of that bumper. Oh, there you go. So we could fire up the road just to illuminate the country. In fact, I think we turned them on and there was a little bit of kick when it turned on. That's how strong they were. But we would vanish. Have to, have to drop a gear to get the down. So yeah. Vanish into these hailstorms and pouring oh, rain. And I remember God. just sitting once at a, at a, in a in this parking lot and the car was just shaking and yeah. shimmying and sliding around and we had everything cranked up and there was water coming in up through the vents blowing into the car and we were just sitting there with stupid grins looking at each other going yeah this is great best night ever man we're not gonna last till this is this is one of a hundred stories like this i've heard out of him and all i my only conclusion is there's a higher purpose for him somewhere because he should have been dead a hundred oh different times, a hundred different ways. But I got to tell you, I'd say driven radio show. It was wonderful. It was so spectacular. <laughs> oh, you sure. know, uh, Tim Buck, best friend, uh, still online, still meeting on Facebook. He lives in Texas. Cool. We're chatting. You know, uh, that car. And uh, by the way, you know, this is again back to the magic of the car. You know, I, um, I heard a store uh, once mentioned that when he was working with a client, he said, Tell me about you in the car. Yeah. Tell me about you in the car. What are you doing in the car? Who are you with in the car? Where are you going? And so, you know, the connection that it makes and the experience it makes, that's another level of depth of the nature of the car beyond the steel. We've been talking to Dr. Ken Yon about his summer webinar series, Wheels of Change, How the Automobile Shaped Our Lives, presented by McPherson College. You can find all the links to McPherson College, the webinar series, and all of Ken's social media links on readthedriven.com. And all the links to all the articles also on readthedriven.com. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience. You can find us online at drivenradio.com and readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at, at, at Driven Radio Show, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt and Catfish Groves. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you here next time on Driven Radio. Mm-hmm.